Welcome to the 168 Podcast, bringing you the best in fitness, health, and all things in between, with your host, Parissa. Hi guys, it's Parisa here from CrossFit 168 and I'm here with Lizzie and Dean. We had a little bit of a break and we are back with another episode of our podcast. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We have been interviewing guests um, until now and we've been exploring their journeys and their backgrounds and their stories. Today we've got Lizzie, Dean and myself and we're going to chat to you guys a little bit about, um, I guess, more of the business side of things and the operation side of things and how we run things a little bit differently at 168 and why. So welcome, Lizzie. Welcome, Dean. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Good to have you guys. Um, so I guess um, what we wanted to touch on today was how we run our our business at 168 and how we operate and why it's a little bit different or I suppose how it's changed from how CrossFit gyms were traditionally run back when they started years ago, um, you know, going back in the late 2000s when they first started. Um, and I guess looking back, those of us that were around in CrossFit then, you know, we'd remember there was a lot of the roots were tied to military and law enforcement and there were a lot of the CrossFit gyms that had opened up who were run by, you know, ex-military servicemen and women and, and people in law enforcement and so the way the gyms operated very much had that culture. That's right. And I think for a lot of people that found CrossFit early, that was part of the attraction, that it was super regimented and that made it appear as though it was a little bit more hardcore than what you were seeing at regular Globo gyms. Um, and that motivated a lot of people um, that thought that as being part of that community, that made them a little bit more hardcore. Um, I Certainly, that appealed to me. Uh, in the early set and, and a lot of the branding was around that uh, where we had, you know, skulls and that sort of thing in in, in the uh, logos of gyms. Uh, Rogue were producing a lot of shirts that had, you know, skull and crossbones and that sort of stuff and everyone sort of followed suit and I think that was a large part of the appeal. Um, however, I think that there was a time for that and that was then and thankfully CrossFit has started to evolve and with that has been able to appeal to a much broader audience, which is fantastic because obviously we believe that the methodology um, is the greatest in the market and I think if it had continued like that, it would have isolated a lot of people from it and um, would have maybe deterred a lot of people from getting involved because it, 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 the, the main criticism of CrossFit very early was that it was very intimidating and I think that sort of thing, having skulls in logos and on t-shirts and the military enforcement um, and the strict regiments that were in class added to that intimidation factor and that turned a lot of people off it uh, which is where then we saw a lot of entrances to the market such as your f45 um, where they took uh, a large or borrowed heavily from crossfit but then watered a lot of it down both in their branding and their delivery to appeal to a much broader market and it worked yeah yeah i think in a in some way it's a bit of a chicken or egg scenario of has it been watered down to appeal to a wider audience or because of the appeal to a wider audience, has that changed the way that CrossFit has displayed itself? So did they stop using skull and crossbones because there were different types of people interested in it or vice versa? I don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's a bit of both, but yeah. I definitely think that, um, well, one, I think the demographic changed because originally a lot of the, the people that joined CrossFit were 
you know, law enforcement and, mil- and military. And as the years went on, um, I think the demographic has changed. But yeah. also I think um, with the rise of F45 and all the boutique gyms mm-hmm. and Barry's boot camps and things like that, it's forced CrossFit to change. Yeah, definitely. I think also it was probably a lot more male dominant at the start, whereas now, I mean, at least in our gyms we see – a 50-50 split, yeah. as well as a much wider age range as well. So there's much younger people getting involved, but there's also much much older people as well. That's right. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things we've often talked about and we still see, maybe not as much as we used to, but we still see around is CrossFit gyms treat their members and we talk specifically about things like punishments for being late and penalties for leaving your equipment out and that sort of the shaming sort of attitude yeah so there was a lot of things and and people that were um that have been in crossfit for a while remember when they would go to classes late it was uh, common practice to make people do burpees if they left out uh equipment there was a, a whole um way for people where they would uh, take pictures of the equipment put it up on on facebook and for however many likes they got that's how many burpees they had to do um I mean, yeah, the people that were around will remember that and will probably be cringing now. And if they're not, they should be. Um, but yeah, that was common practice back in the day. Yeah. And that's hopefully been weeded out. So uh, what we wanted to talk about today was some of those practices that we still see in some other CrossFit gyms, some of the, the things that we've weeded out of, of our practice. And I think it's a, men- it's a mind frame of how you view your client, how you view your members. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also as a result of some of the, a lot of the feedback that we've got from a lot of people that have joined that have come from other gyms. Yep. Um, I think being open to change as well and sometimes admitting that what you've done in the past isn't best practice and being able to actually change that yep. is something that we've been quite good at. Yeah. Because I think we all came from, you know, in our early days, we all had that where – Oh yeah, you know penalties for being late, penalties for leaving. That was done. That was the norm. That was absolutely the norm. Yeah, our logo had a skull in it. The the eight was a kettlebell where the the head was a a skull. It was really cool at the time. Yeah, I was going to get it tattooed on my back. (laughs) (laughs) We've had this conversation. Still might. (laughs) Never too late. That's it. (laughs) So I think it's about the mind frame of, of how you're seeing your clients, and I think what we need to remember is that we're providing a service, and that service is a premium service given what we charge. Yeah. And so clients expect a certain level of service. And I think a good way to, to send members to another gym is to publicly shame them yeah. through uh, making them do burpee penalties and things like that. The, your, your clients are adults. And I don't think that they appreciate, well, I know the feedback that I've received from people that have come from other gyms is they don't appreciate that. Yeah. And I think the only purpose on that that serves is is an owner or a coach that has an ego complex that feels the need to assert some dominance. Authority. Uh, some authority, yeah. Um, so if you are still doing that, if you're an affiliate owner that's, that's listening to that, I think um, what you need to do, what we did is we looked at all our practices and, and, and examined what we're doing because that was just what you did when you opened a CrossFit gym mm-hmm. and what it means to provide a premium service to paying adults. Yeah. I think – I think you have to consider as well, like particularly in the scenario where someone's late to class, why are they late? Yeah. And the, most of the time if someone's late to class, it's because their day hasn't gone to plan or they got stuck in traffic or there's been an accident. You know, it's, it's normally because of something negative and then by 
adding something adding else it. negative to that, you're just worsening their day. Why yeah. not? When they turn up late, are you okay? Yeah. You know, has something not gone right in your day? Can I do anything to help you? Yeah. yeah. Like positive is yeah. much better. And you just don't know. You have no idea what's going on exactly. in their lives. And if you do, then you definitely should not be imposing penalties if you know that they're going through some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Then, you know, and like you said, Dean, these are adults and they're paying members and at the end of the day, they're paying your wages, they're paying for you to run your business. That's right. That's you right. punishing them and penalizing them doesn't achieve anything other than making them feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. And it might be a slight inconvenience to the coach of the class to have someone turn up a little bit late. It might mean they have to talk through the workout again, but you know, all of our coaches are competent and they're all able to do that. They're able to make sure the rest of the class is still running whilst they give them a small warm up so that they're, you know, they're still warming up before they jump into the workout. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there, there's an argument of, oh, what about those who are constantly late and who are, you know, every session they come in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, disrupt the class, that sort of thing. That's then okay, you pull that person aside and you have a private conversation with them. Not yeah. Exactly. As long as it's not disrupting the class, at the end of the day, they're still paying their membership. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If they're that late, you, you, they can maybe sit out the first part. You give them something else to do to get them warm yeah. and then they join in where appropriate later on in the class. Yeah. Um, I think if you're, if you're a half-decent coach, then you should be able to do that. That's part of your job. That's exactly right. If you're providing a premium service, you need to be able to deliver that to people that may have very busy schedules and maybe you know getting there and working out for 45 minutes is is better than them not working out at all. Yeah. So how do we facilitate that? How do we make that transition from you know their work or their 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 other family commitments as easy as possible so that they can still get a safe and enjoyable workout? Yeah. Um, without without criticizing in front of a class. Yeah. And the last thing you want, and we've seen it, is is have, um, you know, members go, oh, I was going to be late and I didn't want to get penalised, so I've turned around and went home. Like yeah. I've seen it at gyms that I've That's been at where yeah. the members will literally, they'll turn around yeah. and drive home because then they're going to be four minutes late. That's right. And they know they're going to get penalised. Yeah, terrible. That's the worst thing you can do. If, yeah, if someone comes in for 10 minutes of a class, that's better than not coming at all. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, it. Adapt that's the workout. Work. Yeah. Give them something to do that's safe. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, you, you should be able to do that. You can get a, get a killer workout in in 10 minutes still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can come say hello to your friends in 10 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And for some, that's all they want. And that's, that's, that's all they need. Yeah. That's mental health. Yeah, that's right. Is. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to move on to another uh, topic that we've we've talked about a lot is that of contracts um, and, you know, implementing contracts in a gym. Why we don't do it. Um, we've never had contracts in the gym and the conversations come up a few times and I don't think we've ever had anything in place where we lock people in for no. an extended period of time. No. Um, a lot of gyms do adopt that obviously and, and it works for a lot of places but um, I think for us we've steered clear of that. Yeah, so on, on the issue of contracts, I've heard a lot of arguments around retaining um, value in the business and um, – Affiliate owners will say, you know, if, if if you don't have clients locked in, then if what if you wanted to sell your business? Well, I I doubt that that the number of clients that you have locked in for another couple of months is going to add or detract huge amounts of value from your gym. Yeah. Um, I would hope that businesses are able to stand alone outside of where they've enforced legal contracts for people to continue to pay them money. Yeah. Um, and I think 
um, that doesn't mean much anyway. I think that argument is is kind of null and valid. If if you leave, um, if you sell your gym to someone and someone buys it based on the fact that they have a client for another three months, I don't think that's a very wise decision because you are looking at a long term investment. Um, a contract that's inspired expiring in three months, you, you need to be looking further than that about what value you're actually buying. Yes. Um, so I don't really buy that argument, and that's coming from accounting backgrounds, both of us, yeah. um, previous accountants in previous lives. Um, our, our, or my view of a contract has always been that it creates an extra barrier to entry. Yeah. There are already enough barriers to entry into CrossFit with it being intimidating for people with, with um, all the costs, all, cost, all yep. the criticism that we have of it. Yep. If you then say, well, if you do sign up, it's you've got to be for six or 12 months, that's just another reason for someone to say no, to yep. go somewhere else, to try something else. Um, I think you're better off just rolling the dice and getting them to sign up and say there is no contracts. Yep. The other thing that uh, – the other reason why we've never enforced contracts is that no one actually enforces contracts. <laughs> yeah. So why, why have that barrier to entry? Yeah. I don't. Th- I've never heard from a affiliate owner, hopefully, that has said this person had to leave because of work or they've moved states or whatever. But they signed a six month contract, so I made them pay. Yeah, I, don't I do think, that. I think they are out there. <laughs> I mean, if you are, don't do you that. Reckon? Yeah. You're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're going to yeah. lose more money than you're going to gain. The number of referrals that we've had from past members that have moved to other states or, or wherever they had to go somewhere for work or can no longer make it, but their friends come. Yeah, their friends' friends come because they've heard about our gym. That's that's your your last impression yeah. that someone has of your gym before they leave yeah. and that's going to determine whether or not when someone brings it up in conversation they mention your gym or they don't yeah. and if you get a member for hopefully longer than what their contract had to expire then you're going to make more money off that anyway yeah. Yeah. And so should, don't do that don't be an asshole yeah. we, we believe in our product we we know that what we're providing to people is, is better than what they can get elsewhere and that should be the reason for them to be locked into the That's gym, right. yeah. not something that's signed on a piece of paper. And we see two main reasons for people leaving the gym. Uh, firstly, if they're leaving the area, they're leaving the state, they, they physically are not able to get into the gym, yeah. in which case I wouldn't feel okay as a person to tie them into yeah. making money. Yeah. The no. second reason is normally a financial reason. Um, and in that case, same thing. I would I wouldn't be okay with myself yeah. to tie them into it. Normally, yeah. we have some kind of agreement with them. We'll try and help them train where they can. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to tie them in yeah. financially. We're not. We're gonna, not going to send a lawyer after you to, to try to Chase get three, an extra two months money out of you or something like that. It's ridiculous. Particularly so, not when so it's going to affect your life. That's right. <laughs> so don't do it. So so why have contracts in the first place? If you're not going to enforce them and they don't mean anything and they're not adding value to your business, rather detracting from it, then why have them? Why are you having them? Yeah. Just because – and a lot of the reason is because that's what gyms did. Yeah. Which is not a good enough reason. There are a lot of practices in a lot of gyms, CrossFit or non-CrossFit, that I think are in place because that's just how things yeah. were yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm not saying that we didn't fall victim to those at the start. Yeah. We definitely did. Yeah. Um, but as you go on, you need to look at those practices that you adopted simply because they were the practices that everyone adopted and say, is this where we're at now? Yeah. Have Has CrossFit evolved since then? Has my gym, has my business model evolved since then? Yeah. And examine those things. Yeah, I think there's there's probably two reasons why businesses don't do that. It's either that they're too too lazy to mm-hmm. do anything about it to make the changes, yeah. or because their ego is too big to accept that what they are doing or what they have done in the past isn't the best way. Yeah, that's right. 
The other thing is I think providing a contract or a lock-in for one of your members creates a bad mentality within your gym and within your coaches and with your within your own mindset as a business owner. I think if you need to lock someone in to pay you to keep coming to your gym, then you're relying on the piece of paper rather than your continued service, service yeah. and continuous improvement and continuous it struggle for excellence. For it doesn't allow for complacency. Yeah. We yeah. know at any given time, this class that I'm delivering could be the one where a member goes, this is not for me. Yeah, all of the members, every single member every in that single class. Member. Yeah. yeah. And every class I finish and think, was that good enough class for them to want to come again yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. Always should be better. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a, a – a, and it's – yeah, I think it, it breeds complacency. Yeah. I think your the task is on you, not on your member. The obligation is with you to yeah. continue to provide a service that they want to come back for. You shouldn't have to lock someone in. They should want to come back yeah. and because not your only, service is good. Not only should they want to come back, they should want to bring their friend with them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So the obligation shouldn't be a legal obligation on your client to keep coming back, to keep paying you. Yeah. It should be on you yeah. to continue to provide a service that they want to come back. Yeah. What you're doing should be good enough that you That's don't right. need to force them. You don't need to, to force in. them. It's like forcing someone to stay in a relationship that they don't That's want right. to be. Yeah. Like, why That's would you right. Be that? better. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think um, – I, look, it served us well for all these years that we've been running. Um, I can't imagine enforcing contracts anytime soon or forcing people to no to no. stay with us. No. But and with that said, I think I speak for all three of us when I say the retention we've got is really good. Like we don't have people cancelling left, right, and centre. No. And so that worry of, or should we have a contract to force people? We don't need to do that because no. they're happy. They're even through everything that's gone on in the past year and a half with, with COVID, like our attention has, has yeah. been excellent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go. I think we'll leave it at that for today. We'll definitely do another one. I, um, you guys let us know if you want to hear more about sort of the business side of things and how we run things, yeah. our thoughts and our opinions on the operational side of it, I guess. Yeah, if you're an affiliate owner that um, or, or a coach that wants to reach out and have a discussion with us, um, we love that sort of discussion. Um, yeah. So, yeah, reach out to, to one of us um, and hopefully we can get together and, and talk business and sure. um, we can keep keep crushing it, keep getting after it as, a, as an industry and as, as CrossFit owners and coaches, we can keep raising the, um, the, the view and the opinion of, of CrossFit gyms. Yeah, definitely. Either a private discussion or why not make it a public one on, on the podcast? Yeah. That would be fun. And we can only learn from each other, exactly. right? The more, yeah. you know, the more people we have having these conversations, yeah. the better. That's how we grow. Definitely. It's good for CrossFit as a whole. Yeah. Because what affects the name of CrossFit in one gym affects your business. 100%. So it is, it's people, a lot of people still think that CrossFit gyms are all franchise they all they all work the same yeah. um so it's important that everyone is reviewing what cross what the what the opinion of crossfit, CrossFit is, is out in the market how people view it yeah and that together hopefully we're raising that opinion we're raising that value within within, um, within society yeah 100 percent. thanks guys thank you thank thanks you. for the chat we'll uh, we'll do it again soon if uh if you guys would like to hear more if you don't want to miss an episode make sure you subscribe to the podcast it's available on uh, all your podcast channels and um we will chat to you guys soon listen out for the next episode thanks so much for joining us on the 168 podcast if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe and follow us at 168 podcast on socials we'll see you next time